that? Some weird humming noise. Is it in the building or is it outside of the building? Oh, you know what it probably is? The inmates, class D felons, were out there mowing lawns. I saw them. Oh, some guys with government property. Great. They put them to work. Nice. Okay. Hello, darlings. Hey. Um, This is the Witch's Magic Murder Mystery Podcast. I'm Kara. I'm Megan. We're here. Today. We have carpet. Hopefully the sound is better. Yeah, we're we're finally getting the room. the weird hum. Ever since the room flooded and everything went terribly wrong. <laughs> to the wayside. We're finally getting things back in order. I don't know what to do with my what phone. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Just corner desk. Send it on the papers. Somebody messaged us about our our recent round of listener ghost stories. We've gotten a lot of messages about the recent yes. last week's episode. Yeah. Um, but she was like, listening to Megan butcher my <laughs> hometown of... Mm-hmm. I've already forgotten. Mm-hmm. Wiesbaden. Wiesbaden. <laughs> she, she enjoyed it, which yes. that's that's the nice that's reaction. That's what we're here for, really. I appreciate that you weren't angered by it. Right. Mm-hmm. As I told her, I can barely speak English, let alone German. Yeah. I can't speak at all, so <laughs> here we are. It's my episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Kara has her episode. I have an unsolved murder. Do we have anything else to talk about? If you're a Patreon subscriber and you've been waiting on stickers, I just did a whole bunch, just mailed out a bunch today, and then we ran out of our thank you cards, so had to order some more, so. We're on top of it. It's the hurry up and wait thing. Sorry. We're waiting again. You know, we are two, we are just two people. Two humans, really. (laughs) Just just barely treading water at this Mm -hmm. point. Yeah. Um. But if you're not a member of our Patreon, I was just trying to see if I could find out real quick and tell you how many episodes yet. We got about, you know, just about 60 episodes over there that you should probably listen subscribe to. and listen to. Yeah. It's worth it. We have a lot of fun over there. A lot of people have been saying that they're caught up and they are just waiting for the next episode to come out. So if you can afford it, just hop over. Yeah. Five dollars. Yeah. You can lowest join tier. at the lowest level and still get free All extra episodes. episodes. Yeah. No, I just said free. You can subscribe at the lowest level and get the extra episodes. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you about Rose Horset. 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 Okay. Suffolk, England. Suffolk. Suffolk. Listen, I said Suffolk one time. I think you're right. It is Suffolk. And Rachel said that's you. Not right. Well, Rachel knows. But then she never told me what was right. <laughs> so I'm going today. I'm going with Suffolk. Okay. Because that sounds like that sounds. I like kind of sound English. You do. When I said Suffolk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. Rachel, let me know. Don't I don't know. I, mm-hmm. But I guess tell me this time. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> okay. Kevin Turton wrote a book called Britain's Unsolved Murders, and he tells us the tale of Rose Harsent. This is not not all these details are from his book, but a decent amount of them. Mm-hmm. are because he he knew his stuff somehow well he did write a book <laughs> and i'm like how did you know this and i can't find a lot of it mm-hmm. that's he why probably, he wrote a book yeah he wrote a book because he probably went to libraries and all the places where you can find old papers that yeah. aren't on the internet right mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. okay so in 1902 rose is living in suffolk suffolk, suffolk. and she is Living in the Crisp family's house because she's their caretaker. She is, she's just doing all their things. Mm -hmm. And her dad, William Harsent, 
is going to the house because he's like, you know what? I'm going to go deliver some clean linens to my daughter. I'm just going to go over there, check on her, and take this to her. He gets there, and he finds Rose on the kitchen floor. Her throat had been slashed open, and she's just laying in a pool of blood. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On top of that, um, her nightdress had been burnt. Yeah. And her lower body had signs of charring. Which shows that somebody attempted to <clears throat> try to burn all the evidence. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were trying to burn the whole entire house down or just her or what they were doing, but that's what happened. Um, and also near her body, there was a shattered medicine bottle that had been prescribed to one of their neighbors, a Mrs. Gardner. And it kind of had the odor of paraffin. And I was like, why paraffin? Yeah. But I guess that you used like that to, paraffin wax. Yeah, I guess you used to. I don't know if they still do, but you used to be able to like melt it and inject it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So keep that in mind. And so then they go to her bedroom, and there's Constable Eli Nunn, and he's he finds three letters. And remember, this is 1902, so them doing the proper investigation is probably not happening to them. It probably was all that they knew how to do, but. People everywhere. So they find three letters. There were lewd verses, anonymous notes, all the things arranging a little moment for the night before. One of the letters said, Dear R, I intend to meet you tonight at 12 o'clock at your residence. Kindly illuminate your window at 10 for around 10 minutes and then turn it off. Ensure your room remains dark at 12 as I approach from the rear. So, like, at 10 o'clock to let him know yeah. that she got, or let him or her yeah. know that she got the note. Okay. Yeah. And then do your lights and turn them off. And leave them off. Yeah. Yeah. And then, also, there's a newspaper in her room that the Crisp family did not subscribe to. Mm. So, they're like, where'd she get this newspaper from? But also, I'm like, she can still go out and about. Like, maybe yeah, she, she picked, picked it, it up somewhere. somewhere and just brought it home with her. But maybe they kind of knew where her schedule was. Right, exactly. Maybe she hadn't been. Yeah, or maybe they had someone constantly going with her somewhere. I don't know. Like a driver, carriage driver. I don't know. Okay, so police were like, you know what? William Gardner is probably our main suspect. He lives next door. His wife's prescription is in her bedroom for some reason. So maybe it's him. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not, that doesn't look good. Yeah, he's a dad of six, and he was a respected figure in their church congregation. I think it's Sibton, Sibton, maybe? Rachel, let me know. <laughs> and wrote... Oh, that's the congregation uh-huh. of the church? Okay. Yeah. So I guess it's where the church is? Yeah. Okay. Rose also went to this church. The household that she was living with and working for, they were well-known in the church, too. William was the choir master. Rose was a choir member. Mm. Rose was 22 at the time when she met him. Some rumors started about Rose and William. Rose was one day cleaning the church because that's what she was hired to do there as well. And William was supposedly seen going into the church while she was there cleaning. Who knows? It's possible, but also the wife was like, that's ridiculous. He would never do that. Um, We have six children. 
He never has time for any of that nonsense. And so the church did an investigation into these rumors, and they didn't find anything. How are you going to find anything? Like what? It's 1902. It's also self-serving for the church to not find uh-huh. anything. Exactly. Yeah. The wife said, these rumors are baseless. Yeah. I mean, I would understand why the wife would not mm-hmm. want you. Yeah. It's embarrassing yeah. to her. Yeah. So post-mortem, Rose had been assaulted, stabbed, and she had her throat slit. She had defensive marks, so she was like defending herself. And they found out that she was six months pregnant. Huh? I mean, it could be the wife, too. Yeah. See? Because her her medicine models and mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Okay, the physician said the time of death was around 2 to 4 a.m. on the 31st. So if that person showed up around midnight, mm-hmm. it's possible that they killed her then. Mm-hmm. And the family would have been asleep. They said William's going to be our suspect. Even though we don't have all the evidence, he hasn't confessed anything, we're going after him. So they arrest him on Tuesday. Two young men in all the articles, some say they were teenagers, some say a lot of them say they were young men, professed eavesdropping on a conversation between Rose and William at the chapel. And they said that they're not really sure, like now all these articles are like, well, we're not sure what the eavesdropping was, but they did hear a conversation between the two. And so people are assuming that Rose was talking to him about her pregnancy. I don't know. Police were like, well, she's pregnant. He wanted her out of the picture because that's a big no-no. We're not doing that. Six months pregnant, though. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you hide that? They get some witnesses. And the witnesses start talking. So one witness said that they saw William leaving that house or around that house around 10 p.m. And then they also thought, well, that kind of resembled the letter. Like, what he was doing, he's either leaving because he had just been, like, checking or doing something. And was it 10 p.m.? Like you know, light the whatever for a certain amount of time, then yeah. So they're like, well, he, what if it was him? But also what if William was just like, oh shoot, they've got a candle going in their window. Maybe I should keep an eye on that. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Or anything. Uh-huh. And then or another what the witness was wrong. Right. And then another witness said that William had a bonfire and they're like, well, that bonfire had to have been to dispose of evidence, but also was charred. Yeah. And then also another one, a police officer found a knife that Gardner owned, and it had blood on it. But his wife was like, no, you all are mistaken. He was rabbit hunting, cleaned the rabbits, just didn't clean his knife off. We do that all the time. The bonfire was because he's boiling some water for me. And they were like, you know, Rose came over all the time. She was a close friend of ours. She was always at our house hanging out. So why would we do this? We're looking out for her. Jeez. Mm-hmm. William has an alibi, supposedly. 10 p.m., he was hanging out with the neighbor, Harry Burgess, and they were talking about a storm that was rolling through. People still do this. Like, hey, hey, Joe, what you think about that big cloud out the there? Weather. Look at is that cumulonimbus circling around us. Look how fast it's moving. You see them leaves blowing? That ain't cumulonimbus. <laughs> that ain't no normal cloud. <laughs> I bet that's what they said. Is that a stratus? Is this cirrus stratus? You think that's just cirrus? <laughs> that wispy one swirling? I don't think ever in my life. <laughs> just casually drop the names of the clouds. <laughs> but now I'm starting to think that you do. Oh, I do all the time. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Why? Why wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, of course you do. Of course. 
were Kara, so good. I love you so much. <laughs> Look at all the words I know. Look at these clouds. <laughs> I should go to this right there. I should be a weatherman. <laughs> okay. So, did you feel the barometric pressure drop? Did it change? Did it change? You feel that turn in the weather? <laughs> it's coming for us. <laughs> It's raining eels. <laughs> it's raining eels. Okay. And fish. And globs of weirdness. Mm. And meat and storms. Blobs of unknown origin. <laughs> Man, we're in Oakville. <laughs> but this is stuff. I think we should start an album. We really should. And we just different songs based on episodes. Let's do it. Y'all would buy it. I know oh, you would. You sure and would. then we'd all sing along and have the best time. Yeah. Man, you can just have us on repeat every day, all day. <laughs> That's going to actually, you know what? You know how I made that witchy video with the music for a little tidbit, like four minutes? I'm going to start changing our episode songs into that. Yeah. People can just loop them all day. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm -hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo. Uh -huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top-of-the-line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay, so I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately mm -hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's right. gonna be so tangled not with this one nice. and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, so he's talking to Harry about the weather and then the storm gets there around 1130 and... William and his wife are like, you know what? We're going to go visit Rose Dickinson, a neighbor. We're going to go hang out with her during the storm because we're all going to watch it. We're going to sit on our porches and of our course. chairs. What else is there to do? Storm really? That's why everybody does. Yeah, exactly. And then Gardner supposedly slept until 830 in the morning. And his wife was like, I'm super sick. I was up often. And I know he was there. 
because he's sleeping. And I'm waking up at the wee hours in the morning, not feeling great. So he was in bed. She also claims that she got in bed at 4 a.m. and he was still there. And a neighbor said, well, this is true because we all got thin walls and I could have hurt them. I done hurt them. (laughs) (laughs) I done hurt them. I done hurt all of it. Actually, people in England probably did not talk like this at all. I don't think they did. But this is how they do in my head. (laughs) This is how everybody talks. This is how we are now. This is where we're staying with this. (laughs) In Suffolk. Okay, Gardner was in custody for six months, and he pled not guilty. They started getting new evidence, and apparently there's footprints that went from the Crispus' house (laughs) to William's house, but they were like, that's not, we don't know. Mm -hmm. We don't know that that's him. And then handwriting experts, even though they thought that it was from William, they were like, it might not be. Some of these letters don't match up. Like, this isn't, we're not so sure. I mean, that's what's worrying me, is it seems like they honed right in on William. Did mm-hmm. they consider right. any other right. suspects? No. Were there any, was there any other investigation done, period? No, but once he's in jail, a 20-year-old Frederick Davis comes up and he's like, oh, hey, guys, I wrote those letters. <laughs> um, but it wasn't because I wanted to. Rose actually asked me to. It was real weird. Rose said, hey, put your handwriting here. Why? Exactly. So was it really William? And he's like, neighbor guy, Frederick, write these letters for me, but say Rose told you to. But then why would this guy? I don't know. Then I'm just thinking. Why would anybody do that? Exactly. None of this makes sense. No. Unless like Rose is trying to do it to make William jealous. Right. Exactly. But what? That's so, all that's weird. Uh, Exactly. But I'm just trying to figure out like, are we, has it even really fully been confirmed that she and William were having an affair? Uh Right. But if they were, she could have been having multiple affairs. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where they come in. The defense is like, they, it says, well, that's actually my next thing. It says the defense questioned Rose's character. They had numerous love letters from her room and poems and all sorts of raunchy material written out to her from multiple people. So but were I, they all current either? Because I mean, right? who knows? She could have had multiple boyfriends. Did everybody cross her life? She just kept them. Yeah. Because she, she was into romance novels before romance novels yeah. were romance novels. And when we say raunchy, was this 1900s right, exactly. level raunchy? When it's like, like excuse I'd me, like your ankles see your, are showing. I'd like to see your ankles. Yeah. <laughs> How's that kneecap? Are those your earlobes? How's that you? kneecap in, yeah. that, in that dress? <laughs> I can't believe you're leaving the house with your earlobes out like that. They go to trial. 11 of the 12 think he's guilty. So it's a mistrial. They're like, well, retrial. Let's get back in there. We do another trial. Jury split, but this time it's 11, 12, 11 believe he's innocent. One believes he's not. One believes he's guilty. So they're like, we're not doing another retrial. You're free to go. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And William passed away in 1941. Wow. And he never received an official acquittal, but he... You had to live under suspicion forever. Did they investigate anybody else? Or were they basically like, it's William or it's nobody? Right, yeah. So the writer of that book that I mentioned earlier, Kevin Turden, he, like I said, digs into these murders and whatnot. And he said, given the evidence at hand, assuming honesty in court testimonies, Gardner couldn't have committed the crime. His alibi for the early hours seems solid. So he's just like, I don't think he did it. But some people are speculating that the wife did it. And he's just like, I really don't, I don't think so. And the people are like, but what if it's jealousy? What if it's this? But you didn't look into anybody else. Like this random guy comes up and says, I wrote those letters. 
What if it's one of those weirdos that likes to be involved in the investigation who murdered somebody? And then he's all up in it all of a sudden, but he's like, (laughs) they've got this William guy. I'm never going to be questioned. Yeah. So then I pulled this inscription from her find a grave. It says, in affectionate remembrance of Rose Annie Harson, whose life was cruelly taken on 1st of June, 1902, in her 23rd year. A light is from our household gone, a voice we love distilled, a place is vacant in our home that never can be filled. Mm. Sounds sound. Yeah, she's so young. I know. And the dad found her. Who? Who was it? I mean, that's the thing. There's so little information. And nobody knew she was pregnant. Right. It's 1902. But nobody knew she was pregnant. Or somebody knew she was pregnant. I just really would like to have a list of suspects more right. than just, well, William. Yeah. Well, here we are. Like, who else had access to the house? Who else mm-hmm. could have been around her? Were there what, any other social circle? Right. Were there any other housekeepers mm-hmm. that were there? Were there any other workers? Were there any uh, like I don't members know. of the family? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so sad. I know. So no one was ever held responsible. No. Still and that if I mean, William didn't do outside. it, I mean, I'm sure his life was just... Ruined. Yeah. His six kids. His wife was probably miserable. Especially if he was in jail for six months and then to get out. I'm sure that was... Yeah, I wonder if they stayed in the area. Yeah. What a mess. What a disaster. Yeah, it really seems like a case of, like, deciding who did it and then mm-hmm. trying to make your evidence fit that. Right. Rather than yeah. seeing where the evidence leads you. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, it was 1902, so... I mean, maybe law enforcement just didn't really know how to investigate it. Maybe this was their first murder. I don't know. Like what? I don't. I don't know. I feel like I mean, 1902. Yes, scientifically, yeah, yeah. was very early. But I mean, evidence they had been right, especially in London. Thank yeah, God. dealing with all. <laughs> yeah, they've been dealing craziness. with murder for a long yeah. time. They knew how to conduct an investigation. Right. Okay, so we got um, some mail. <gasps> yes. Yay. So, but we've been thinking because we had stop doing the Tuesday episodes, that means that we hadn't done some listener ghost stories in a while. So that's why we did last week's episode. Yeah. And we thought we'd try to start throwing them in to the full episodes here and there. Yes. But it's been so fun because we've gotten like snail mail. I love ghost it so stories. much. Oh God, it's the best. So we got this one and we started reading it um, the other day. And we said, no, we have to stop. We have to read it out loud to our yeah. listeners. Because for one, we were both just delighted this happened to Emily, and she immediately stopped, sat down, and wrote us this letter. And I was yes. like, that is the best thing ever. I love it. We were both just so excited. Yes. So we wanted to read it uh, on the episode. Okay, here we go. Kara and Megan are, as I call you, the WMMMMM women. I love it. I've got quite the story for y'all. First off, I absolutely love you guys and the podcast. I find we love you too. Yeah, so much. I find myself in tears laughing along with you guys, just like old friends. Just wait till you hear about those clouds. (laughs) I work night shifts at a local hospital and often listen to you guys to stay awake. I am currently listening to your Florida man episode right now while working. It is currently 419 a.m. Oh my gosh. I would just be like shaking. There's no way. So tired. And I believe I just had a ghost encounter. And she was like, I'm going to, I got to tell him about it. I got to tell him. So maybe an hour ago, I had someone from a funeral home looking for a patient who had passed earlier this evening. Perfectly normal. This patient came in by an ambulance, but unfortunately was stopped by what we call a soul train. A soul train is a train that stops a medical team from getting patients to the hospital in time to save their life. I've never thought of that happening before. It is said that a soul train is God's way of confirming that it is truly that person's time. Wow. I've never thought of this happening before. No. 
Okay. Well, so this funeral home representative hasn't left the morgue yet, and a woman comes in stating that she needs to be let back into the emergency room to see her husband in room 12. FYI, that happened to be the room the deceased patient had been brought to and pronounced dead in. I thought nothing of it, except her eyes. I haven't actually read the ghost story. No. Okay. (laughs) So I'm a little like, what about her eyes? Oh, what'd she do? What'd her eyes look like? Her eyes were so cloudy with cataracts that I was a little concerned with her seeing well enough to get back to the room okay. I asked if she wanted an, an escort back, and she refused. So I opened the doors for her and decided to watch her on the cameras to make sure she got to the room all right. She started out okay and in the right direction, but quickly turned down the wrong hallway towards the elevator, which happens to lead to the morgue. Huh? There are two or three staff members, and I just assumed they would stop her. But they didn't. No, no, no. The elevator doors open, and she steps in. I can see that she's going down where the morgue is. I flip to the cameras right outside the elevator and show the inside of the elevator. The doors open, and she isn't in there. What? Okay. I got a cold chill. Me too. Yes, same. As I watch the doors open to an empty elevator. (gasps) Now, I'm not sure if this is true, but for my own sanity, I'm telling myself, it's that she was the Soul Train's patient's wife, and she was going to help him cross over to the other side. Well, that is just... How okay. precious. I'd be crying. I'd be freaking out. The absolute kicker is the funeral home worker. He came back. He came back out not even two minutes later. So even if the empty elevator was just my sleep-deprived brain playing tricks on me, he would have seen her. But he said he saw no one. But felt a weird feeling on the back of his neck only while in the elevator. So needless to say, I am creeped out right now and immediately thought of you lovely ladies. Oh, and she had to write us. And thought you'd love to hear this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something told me I needed to write out everything in a letter, and I do apologize for the length. No, we love it. Just a long story. And of course, the witch inside me knew I need. I had to put, yeah, some pretty protective sigils, sigils yeah. on the paper to ensure it gets to you safely. I love you so much and will continue to be your biggest fan. Love you, Megan's voice. So much, Kara's voice. Oh, uh, Emily. <laughs> Emily. That's amazing. Okay, but the it's the cloudy eyes for me. Look, look it's the cloudy it eyes for me. Yeah, I, I cannot. Can you imagine watching her and then all of a sudden she turns, like quickly turns? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She knew where she was going. What if she had followed her? And was like, ma'am, ma'am, that's not it. And the woman was like, I know where I'm going. Like, what would have happened had she followed her? Or would she have gotten aggressive and been like, don't follow me. I know what I'm doing. I don't know. I don't want to know. But wow. Oh, my God. Emily, what a good story. What a good story. Thank you so much for thinking of us and for sharing that. We're going to keep that one forever. Yeah, we are. We're going to frame it. Okay. We're going to frame all of them. Um. Thank you all so much for listening yeah. and for sending us, you know, all Anything. your stories and all yeah. your emails. Oh, and I did want to say. just like well wishes. We've gotten a few messages. Like some of you guys have sent some emails uh-huh. and some of you all have messaged Kara in order to message me. And it's just the sweetest. Like you all just made me cry, which is like sweet. And you've been so like protective over her and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Just, just. Like ready to go to war over just whatever for the it sweet, is. Yeah, yeah, just with all the stuff that's happening in my life. And I just wanted to say thank you. Yeah. It's just nice. You all are just this. Amazing. Yeah. You we know. have the best listeners. It's really something. And it's, as as I always say, it really feels like I know so many of you. And so yeah. thank you for just being a part of the podcast with this because it feels like, it feels like you are a part of the podcast, right. you know? Like, I love that you guys think of yeah. us when these stories happen and that you send mm-hmm. us to us and 
you know, I'm just happy that you're all here. Yeah. So we love you. So much. Goodbye. Goodbye.